Welcome back to HR Talk with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another fantastic episode of the world-renowned HR Talk. I'm JC, ushering you back into another amazing week aboard the SS Baez. And of course, the captain, the man of the show, the star of the ship, the guy with more gray hair in his hair than the stars in the sky, Ricky Baez. <laughs> so normally I would say you're really going to put that out there, but I'm on video, so whatever. Yeah, no. Yeah, it no, is out you, there. You, want, you wanted this. <laughs> you wanted this. I did. <laughs> you did. I did want it. How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a real busy past couple weeks, man. You know, it's it's real good to be back on the show. We've got a an amazing guest today with a special introduction coming up momentarily that was recorded just tonight for her. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Really? Just wait, yeah, just wait till you wow. hear it. But uh, okay. aside from that, uh, I'd say about two hours ago, Ricky, Ricky, I'm telling you, two hours ago, there I was. Winds blew in from the north-northwest at about 30 knots. The snow picked back up. It was blowing, my beard drifting in the wind. Uh. And then it passed. It, it moved on. So not, so, not, <laughs> not too much snow. It just got really wicked cold. You know, I mean, we're down into the 20s again. What are you sitting on down there, central Florida, uh, man? It's uh, actually, uh, hey, Google, what's the temperature right now? 82 degrees, brother. That's amazing. You know, degrees. look at you living the life. Yeah. Well, look, um, right. there's something about your life, though, something about the way that you've built yourself that might need a little remolding, a little reshaping. Like, if you look at yourself in the mirror, don't you wake up and say, I like this, but I might need to design this human a little better. I don't know. There could be some hey. merit to that. Not every time I look in the mirror, every waking moment of my life, JT. I believe that. Truly and honestly do believe that. I, jokes aside, think we have a guest today that's going to help out with that type of discussion. Really? Yeah, stand by one okay. second for our special introduction. Please welcome the Instagram famous. Jimmy, she's not that famous. Well, she's more famous than these guys. That's true. The Instagram famous human design pro, Jake Quellen. Quellen, 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 Quellen. Jimmy, it's Jacqueline. <laughs> Oops. Jacqueline Hepburn. Ladies and gentlemen, live right here on HR Talk, straight from Instagram, Jacqueline Hepburn. Oh, wow. That was a heck of a... When did you put that together? Like in the past five minutes prior to the show going live. I grabbed the kids. I oh, brought them in the room. I'm it. like, kids, you got to read this. Go in order. Go in order. They they loved it. It was a very good thing. Jacqueline, welcome. Hi. Thank you. I'm surprised you didn't say Jaquelin. <laughs> I've, I've been doing my best. Is that what you on. hear a lot? What did you say, Ricky? So so you so so you actually hear that a lot, Jaquelin? Oh, so yeah. Call all the you Jaquelin. Okay. Got it. So, all the time. So you know how it feels to have actually no, because your name is not that uncommon. Jacqueline is a is a pretty common name, right? Yeah, I've got, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so my 
my real name is Ephraim, Ephraim, and people screw that up all the time. That's why I go by uh, by by uh, Ricky. So, you, Jacqueline, you'd be surprised what I've heard. I've heard Ephraim Pran, Buffrin, Ephraim, Ufrin. Um, uh, it's it, you name it. I've heard it. I just go by Ricky. So, so I I guess took you feel that pain with me. That's cool. So, Jacqueline. We've been trying to get you on this damn show for the longest time, and it's finally here. It finally happened. What do you tell every, well, just everybody who's listening right now, exactly who you are, what you do? Oh, who am I? Thank you who for that you? amazing. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Mm-hmm. Yes, HR is my jam, and that is exactly who I've been for ten years. Um, you know, I stepped into HR ten years ago, and I noticed one thing that employees and managers didn't always get along and that I had a really important job to do. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that tends to happen. It does. Right. So, it, it, so just like any HR person, very few people actually say, I want to be in HR. So is that something you did or the career chose you? Yeah. I mean, did it oh, draft you? Chose me. Yeah. It pulled you in. It drafted right? me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm assuming the same for you. Uh, yes. And no, actually it was definitely, actually I got there by mistake, but yes, it's, I was not planning on it. I got drafted. Actually, it was a couple of years before I realized this is what I'm doing. Okay. Got it. And it worked out pretty good. So yeah. It's one of those things though, that like once you're in, it's really hard to get out though. It's kind of like a Godfather movie or something like that. Right. I I loved it. I don't know. I dove I dove straight in. I I was one of those rose colored lens people. Still am. Sorry about that. Where I really believed in the potential of that relationship going super well, and I was like, I'm gonna master this, and I'm gonna help everybody else master it too. That's how I got here. So it was like straight out of college, or maybe there was a little bit of time traveling the globe first. Uh, how how'd you wind oh up there? Gosh. Traveling the globe, that's on my to-do list. So if you're going to ask me what's next for me, I'd like to say that's next, but probably won't happen for a while. Um, yes, I I was drafted from Purdue University off campus. I walked up to my future employer and I was like, hi, I'm Jacqueline. And that was that. They hired me. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You just walked off to them and just say, hi, I'm Jacqueline. Boom, you're hired. You're the next THRO. They're <laughs> close. They saw somebody um, full of energy and eager to make really difficult, not fun things happen. And so they drafted me. Nice. Ah, got it. Got it. So yeah. what is it about HR that made you say, now this, this is what I'm going to do? Because it's not for everybody, right? Some people try it. They're like, oh, I hate people. Then why do you try to go into human resources? Human resources. If you hate people, why go into that? But uh, it, it, it's what what was it about that field that says that this is for me? Oh, my gosh. At the time, well, I guess maybe still am. I was a go save the world type of person. And I wanted to, I truly wanted to help people. And I felt um, super excited about helping them find jobs and recruiting them and helping them feel good at work. And when I realized that that dream wasn't necessarily what was reality, and it was it was really complicated to make that happen, actually, I thought, you know what, there is something not quite right here. I'm going to figure out what that is. So what was it? Well, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you figured it out already, you'd be so bored out of your mind. Okay. Totally. Got it. totally. All right. Got so I, I, self-admission right now, I am, I am a junkie of yours on Instagram. I can't get enough. 
Like you put out some of the most positive and reaffirming things on a day-to-day basis. You ask probing questions. And one of the things that you delve into quite a bit is the thought process behind human design. Hmm. What What is human design? And how do you make that fit in your day-to-day? Oh my gosh, great question. So that's not a topic that you typically hear about in corporate and HR in business. So human design is basically a personality test. It's the test of what you know about yourself, think Myers-Briggs, alongside the mechanics of how you operate in your energy. Um, Comes from physics, comes from astrology, comes from a lot of different places that you're probably like, what the heck is this? Well, the system is insanely accurate. And what I use it for is to really dive in to how people operate on a really cellular level. And it's crazy how accurate it is. Every time I pull somebody's chart up, I can figure out um, how they're designed to make decisions, how they're designed to walk through life. And basically I can um, pretty well ask them, you know, does this kind of thing light you up? And does this kind of thing hold you back? And they're like, whoa, how'd you know that about me? So Hmm. it's kind of like my cheat sheet to helping people find their purpose. All right, so pure radical candor on the table between us today. And if there's anything you like or don't like, just throw it out there. Just, just, I I wanna put this out there. You said astrology. Some people hear that, they're like, so you're playing with the voodoo devil science, like you're reading totally. palms and you're telling people what to do. Is that like really what it is or what, what no, are you talking about? No, it's not about? really that. It's not really that. No. So it's the mechanics of their energy type. So when they were born, I know. So this is where the astrology comes in. When okay. they were born, their energy type was imprinted um, basically onto them. And so we can, this is where the physics comes into it. Gotcha. And so the system, human design system was designed based off of that. And so what it does is it pulls up a chart of how somebody operates. And it's honestly really complicated to read. When you see it, it looks like the cross between a four-year-old drawing and a medical chart. And when I first saw it, you know, being a (laughs) super duper like personal development junkie, I wanted to know all the things, studied psychology. I was like, I have to know. Yeah. So I took a detour and I studied it. And what I found, I was really, really fascinated by and definitely felt like, okay, this is my thing and doing it for the pure joy of it. And then when I realized how many people I was helping with the system and how well it would work with business, I enrolled in a human design for business course. And basically I'm getting my certification <laughs> to um, bring human design to business. And so I'm already doing it in career coaching and in my personal HR work, I thought, why not try this in the business world? And there are a lot of people who are super successful with it. Well, it's a and huge it really thing. About, it's a huge thing over the past 30 dynamic. days. There's yeah. tons of articles. There's a lot of, totally. there's a big, big push right now on that human aspect that's out there. And there, there was a piece that was put out just today, talked about like the top 10 people to look for in the human design aspect of business integration. It's a totally oh, different that. realm. Are, are you, do you consider yourself a pioneer? I do. And I think you know the answer to that question, JC. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've, I've always done things a little bit differently. I've always been really heart-centered, people-focused, and um, creative. And so this is just uh, another avenue by which I'm doing that. So yeah, I'd love to call myself a pioneer. All right, Ricky, I'm going to hit you in the mouth real quick here. So when you build your teams, have you ever taken this path? Have you ever taken the path to put the team together based off of a human design aspect like what she's talking about right here? Or or do you use uh, different tools or mechanisms to build your team? 
So if I had a magic wand and 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 I was able to pick my team, yeah. um, I use something similar, but it's something called the people map that identifies people based on the communication and learning styles. Um, I don't know how scientific it is, but it's worked for me thus far, right? Because you've Ooh. got your systematic, you've got your uh, free spirits, your considerate, and you also have your, um, uh, I'm missing one, oh, your direct, right? So you can't have your considerate people work too much with the direct unless you actually teach them how to communicate with each other. One person doesn't care about your feelings. One person cares about feelings way too much, right? And then you've got your systematics and your free spirits who, unless you teach them how to work together and communicate, they are going to have some issues. It's like having a room full of Sheldons from the Big Bang Theory or a room full of artists. It depends what you want, right? So what I do personally, um, I... Normally, I get to a place and the team's already there. And what I do, I try to assess what kind of communication styles they have. And I give them projects based on how strong they are with the communication styles and um, what's going to give them the opportunity to, to increase uh, proficiency in the areas of opportunities that they have. So I try to do that as well, but in a way that it's, uh, it's not going to be too overwhelming. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the same thing, but what you have is more, uh, I'm assuming it's got more science data backing it up, correct? Yeah, there is a lot of science data, but th- at the same time, it's, there are many ways to get to a final destination. And I haven't checked out what you're describing, but it sounds like a fabulous way to build a team. I mean, it works. It, it, it's, it definitely works. Uh, but one thing I did want to ask you is when you meet with clients, when you meet with organizations, have you ever had somebody just so cynical about your approach that they're just like, uh, to you, it was like, okay, this is going to be a big, big obstacle. I mean, if you have that already, how did you, how did you overcome that obstacle with that person? There are so many approaches that are not for everybody. And um, yes, to put it simply, I have had people who said, you know, this is great what you're doing. Glad that you are passionate about it and it works for you, but it doesn't work for me. That's great. I mean, I I don't take offense to that, even though I am one of those super feelers that you described, Ricky. Ah, Um, I don't take it personally. (laughs) Like it's business and everybody has their thing. But one thing I'm not okay with is saying that there's a one size fits all approach to business, to work, to anything. And a lot of us have been really told to believe that throughout our careers, throughout our lives. And so really getting back to the individual is is the focus. So no matter how you get there, whether it's through this system or through through a different way, I think that's the end goal. And that's what I'm focused on. All right. Can we go back real quick? Just I just, I just want to take a deeper dive into your HR background. So what positions have you held in the HR world? Were you a generalist? Were you a CHRO right off of Purdue? I mean, what happened? How did that work? CHRO, day one. <laughs> no, you know what? So I walked into my first role and they said, Jacqueline, this, um, the operations are failing. The HR department is red and we need you to fix it but I believe you can do it. And here I am, right? Like 22 year old walking into the store, like, Oh, okay. I'm going to like figure this out. And I was oh. the only HR person. Oh, um, and, and there yeah. they were, there they were on the side and we got her for 20 grand less. Totally. <laughs> you know, That's exactly like, she's a student. She's a student. Like uh, she's brand new 20 grand totally. less. Okay. Totally. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. I mean, it taught me so much. I'm so thankful for the experience. Um, but then I rolled into, um, I had a role in staffing and that's where I got my recruiting, uh, feet under me. 
And then I supported a manufacturing company, a bigger one that was like, okay, come in and fix our recruiting and then build HR business program partners. And then, you know, from there just kept growing, um, went into an HR manager role an HR director role. And now I'm HR consulting. So it's just keeps changing. And I learned something very intentionally have, you know, had these things come into my path on purpose, which I truly believe. Um, but my growth plan has been nothing short of amazing, to be honest. That's awesome. No, it is. I, it's, I love to hear those stories because where, wherever we are today, myself included, is it's nowhere near when I first intended it to be uh, from the beginning, right? Once you start on that journey, you got to make a left, you got to make a right and a couple of circles and you end up where you are right now. But <laughs> but when it comes to human resources, is there, is there that one part of HR that you're like, ah, God, I could do, I can go on with the rest of my life without working that one part of HR. If there is that Hi. one part, what would it be? <laughs> Of course. I think you know the answer without really me saying it. Um, but, I, you know, I'm very growth focused. I'm very talent mm -hmm. development focused. So if you're going to try to put me in a compliance role, I'll do it and I know how to do it. Um, but I'd rather not focus on my time there. We're here. We're, I'm the same way. Put me in compliance, payroll, compensation. Only payroll and compensation I care about is mine. Right, <laughs> that's it. Right, I don't want to. I don't want to do any kind the, of analysis and stuff like that. The projector, right there. The projector, <laughs> not the manifester, not the reflector. The projector. What are you, JC? Pardon? Mm. What's your What's your human design type? Oh, jeez. Ah, uh, he's a hand. I'm model. not sure to tell you the truth. He's a hand model. <laughs> yeah. Right. For for carnies, sausage and, uh, and a little, <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, so put funny. me put me on the train, you know. No, um, so funny. I don't know. I I partly feel like a manifester, but I also know I'm a borderline projector in a way. But yeah. I find myself reflecting at times. I I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I love it. I don't know. I'd have to check. Oh, I'd have to do the assessment. So, Jacqueline, are you able? So, I mean, you've done this for. A, for a while, right? So I'm, I'm pretty sure within meeting somebody within the first 10 minutes, you're able to pick up on key things that'll tell you that's this person, that's that person, or that's this person. We've been on for about five, 10 minutes right now. Are 18. you able to dissect JC? 18. Yeah, 18 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in compensation. It's for a reason. Uh, so Jacqueline, <laughs> um, are you are you able to figure out just, just, just without any certainty, are, are you able to pinpoint what JC is? So here's the thing. I can't just, I, I don't know your type and I really don't know anything about your design without you actually taking the assessment. Mm. But what I can pick up on are the aspects of your personality that you're aware of because you are obviously showing them. <laughs> so mm. um, those are the things that I can pick up on. And, you know, once I see it, I can be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I will never try to predict because that I just, I don't know. I just don't think that's what it's for. Oh man. Okay. So I'm the opposite there. I love just as soon as I meet somebody, God, if they take the people map, I'm sure they are a direct. I'm sure they're free spirit. I'm sure they're oh. this. And I love to see how wrong or right I am later on. Oh, I see what you're doing. So she provides equal and fair opportunity. You stereotype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we all do. They don't call me <laughs> bias for nothing. Ricky, bias. That's right. <laughs> hey, Ricky no, I, and JC. 
Yes. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the program (laughs) intern Dave. This is intern Dave's first week. It it is it is. I'm gonna try to set the bar extremely low by not talking very much and uh, not screwing anything up. But uh, oh man, that that intern last week it was pretty horrible. So I think the bar was set ultimately very low for me. I think I can. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I think I'll be able to. So hey, I was thinking as I was listening, I was thinking maybe uh, maybe we should all take the assessment and and have Jacqueline back and uh, she can go over the assessments of mm. JC, Ricky, and Dave. You know, I'm, I'm I'm wide open for that. I'd love to do something of that nature, and I I do believe Ricky would be willing to uh, negotiate the contract with you on that, Jay Quellen. Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing's free. Nothing's free. I'm telling you guys. Especially good pronunciation of somebody's name, Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Jake Wellen. Yeah, projector. She planted the seed. (laughs) All right, Dave, the intern has a good idea. I like that idea. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not against that whatsoever. I think what will be ultimately super interesting about it is that all three of us have known each other for over 20 years. So it'd be kind of interesting to see what kind of biases we put on each other, or thoughts that we have of one another. Um, and then after taking this assessment, hey, maybe we have wrong ideas uh, uh, about each other on certain levels, even though we've known each other for 20 years. 20 year friendships broken because we didn't know each other the way we thought. <laughs> F you. Forget this. Forget that. Yeah, sir. No, I no, like that's going to happen when you fire me, Ricky. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let me, let me hit days. the gas here. Jacqueline, I've got something for you. This is from Stanford Social Innovation Review. This came out just today, actually. Uh, states here, a recent survey shows that out of the U.S. workforce currently working from home, 73% are worried about going back to the office due to concerns over personal health and safety. In response to these sentiments, many tech companies declaring that the 9 to 5 day is officially dead and they're creating Futuristic hybrid work models, as I'm sure you've heard quite a bit about, as everyone listening to the show has. They did a 90-minute live interactive program. Their whole goal in their webinar workshop was to get deeper into the human connection problems that are currently taking place in the remote workspace. And their focus was rooting back into a culture of human design to help build the social connections in the remote work environment. So without giving away too much of this article here, SSIR.org, Stanford Social Innovation Review, title of the piece, How Social Sector Organizations Can Design Human Connections in the Digital Age. Without giving away too much more on that article, though, thinking about that workspace, that hybrid model, everything that was just mentioned, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's a, I mean, honestly, so we are created to work in teams. We're not here solo in silos. And so being in person, there's nothing like it from an energetic standpoint, right? So if all four of us and say we had, a, you know, everybody who's watching right now, we were all in a room, the energy would still be there, but it would be different It'd be perhaps higher. And in some cases, a little bit just nuanced because we'd be feeding off of each other differently. Um, Over digital, we can still have that connection. It isn't quite the same. And so those puzzle pieces don't necessarily form the same way digitally. So understanding the fears about public health, you know, going back into the the workplace, 
There are so many people who do prefer that though. And so there, I mean, I absolutely think that it's individual to each organization. So there's no one size fits all approach. Again, um, I can, you know, beat that horse all night. (laughs) Um, But I, I also believe that really getting, um, pulling in others' opinions and, you know, lifestyles and really knowing your people that alongside what's best for your business. I mean, there's really no substitution for having people in in person, right? So while business can be done Mm -hmm. digitally, it's like, gosh, it really has to be designed intentionally for each individual business. And so that's not a great answer for everybody, but it has to be a specific conversation. What do you guys think? Well, it's from, from my perspective, it's, I think that I'm not saying you feel this way or not, but this has to be an exciting time for you. I'm not saying that you're happy the pandemic is here. I'm not saying that at all. And I don't want people to to think that. But with what you're talking about, with the story you are putting out there about who you are and what you want to do and how you want to help organizations, this is it. The canvas is here. Right. So this is the perfect time because when you're you're right, when you are in the office, when you're having conversations with your colleagues, your boss, your employees, everybody at work, you have a different personality trait style that you enable when you're there in person. And it's a little bit different than what like right now. Right. Right now, I think personally, I think um, uh, having conversations like this, you, you really have to work a little bit harder to get your point across in the manner in which you're trying to get your point across than you would in person, right? So you do have to tap into some different things in your mind to kind of help you do that. So from my perspective, it's this is part of that change. It needs to happen. And I'm kind of glad we got people like you out there who are out there teaching people, helping people um, actually connect differently based on our social traits. So, I mean, that's that's my piece. JC? Yeah, I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm like Marshawn Lynch. I just make the magic happen, you know? It's my duty on behalf of America. Thank you. No, like truly, I, I really do believe that the human connections that we have between us, man, are, are really fading. They're fading, man. They're fading. They're fading so fast, so hard. You know, you could be in the middle of the day working with somebody uh, and and you start to sense their stress. You start to sense their emotional need for a connection again. So what's the harm with taking everything, setting it aside and devoting 15 minutes to reconnect with that person, mm. to hear their problems, to actually like try to understand and empathize? But this is this is a problem that I have. And I re- actually responded to your feed recently, Jacqueline, with this one. I've got a problem where sometimes I absorb too much, right? I create a buffer. I make sure that I, it's not that I want to step in line like a blocker. But I do want to make sure that I'm protecting people while at the same time hearing them out and deflecting and absorbing some of that negative energy and keeping them in a in more of a, a comfortable zone. Is that always the right thing to do, though? We were talking about that, right, Jacqueline? Yeah, we were we were talking about that. And I, I appreciate that. And this is where so I again, the feeler, I go really deep, really quickly. And you guys are so fun and lighthearted. And so pull me out when it gets there. Right. But um, this is also really about connecting with yourself. Human design is about knowing you as an individual. And if as, as deeply as you know yourself and as well you connect with yourself is as well as you can connect with others. And so if we're trying to build more connected workforces and workplaces that 
are more harmonious, then we need to be connecting with ourselves first and leading ourselves first. And so sometimes it may be right for you to step in and, you know, deflect or absorb that energy or whatever it is. And sometimes it may not be right. And that's when you need to be able to know the decision-making for yourself, step in or not. And it's really each, each case by case scenario, right? A dear friend of mine turned to me recently uh, and said, she she said, and I quote, uh, JC, sometimes you just have to step back and watch it like TV. You just watch it like TV. It's going to take place no matter what you say or do. Do you really want to be involved? Do you just want to step back, watch it happen and be there to help carry things forward on the backside of it? It's very hard sometimes, Rick. Been there. (laughs) I was going to say that that is a lot easier said than done, right? Because because there are some things that um, you do should get involved and you don't for whatever reason or, or, or some things that it's just better if you take it, just take a step back and just analyze it. Just physically just take a step back yeah. and just look at everything from a completely different point of view. But you, you just want to jump in so bad and help out. So, Jacqueline, I guess it from that point of view. The services you offer are not just for organizations and business leaders, right? I mean, it sounds like you're talking about human relations. So I'm assuming that you also consult with couples. Am I on that role or not? <laughs> not <No>? yet. So <laughs> not partnership yet. in terms of, um, you know, whether it's business partners working together or individuals who have clients, you know, Mm -hmm. those types of partnerships, but anytime two people work together, it's considered a partnership, right? And so some people are designed to work solo and some people are okay with partnerships. Some people are not. Some people are work better in small groups. Some people work better in big groups. It really just depends on how they were set up. And so I'm able to help them determine what is their best working style and environment based on those things inside of their design. So I do work with individuals. Yeah. You talked about like the machine shop. You talked about the shop environment. You talked about like maybe a more of a blue collar type environment than maybe you were at one point in time, or maybe you might be at some time in the future. When you think about the aspects of human design and the emotion and the feel and the the thought process of trying to define, not necessarily defined, uh, but rather help help understand the person at a deeper level. And then we think about the blue collar workforce, eh, they might not really be too in tune with like, you know, rubbing their chakras and, and staring at the stars. Okay. You know, I mean, I mean, work with me here. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean to be offensive. I'm right there, there with but, you. Yeah, I'm okay. right there with you. All right. So what do you do? How do you still interject yeah. your desired approach in that type of environment? Well, one, you got to know if they, if they're looking for a change, you know, if somebody came to me, which Uh, happened many, many, many times in my past, you know, in HR, they'd say, man, I don't like what I'm doing. Help me out. And that's the invitation. Right. Um, And so I think really it's the way you communicate it. You have to communicate it in a way that's very tangible, that makes sense from a business sense. And that still connects with them as a person without saying any of the stuff that is confusing or saying too much. So I'm sorry, I got to jump in here because you said the people have to be looking for a change. So I've seen some people that they scream for change. They want the change. They're miserable until until things change, but they don't want to do the work to actually make that change. How do you how do you address that? 
they're you not fire ready. them. You fire them. Uh, right? I mean, actually, like, you're not wrong, JC. <laughs> you you are not wrong. If we've if I'm talking to somebody and I'm having a conversation about their performance and how they're reacting or working at work, and I'm giving them all the tools of what they need to do to make that change, they don't do that change. You're absolutely right. We would end up uh, separating employment. I I was only kidding. Darth Vader over here. Oh my <laughs> but god! But you're not wrong though. All right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, normally you say promote you to customer. Look what you did. You just went down well, the dark I was path. Following. I okay, understand. Jacqueline, take care of him. Take care. Just, just. I'm glad JC didn't interview interview me for this internship. I might not have gotten it with that <laughs> attitude. <laughs> I'm taking you to HR, JC. You're going to get in trouble. Can you go okay. ahead, Jacqueline? Right. Hang on, hang on though. Hang on though. Let's talk about that. So, can you take a t- in your state? And I don't want to get too personal, but do you mind sharing what state you're in? You don't have to. What state I'm in? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Indiana. Okay. So, Indiana, oh. a 1099, an independent contractor. Can you drag him to the HR office? No. Ricky, Florida, 1099, independent contractor. They just sexually harassed you over the Cheetos. Can you take him to the HR office? Oh. Cheetos? Really? All right. I'm work, with, work with me here, <laughs> HR guru. Here's the thing. I don't think any state... Now, I could be speaking out of line here. I don't think any state. You might want to research New York. So, okay, so hold on. In New York, right, if you have a 10 to 9 contractor that's doing something that's not in policy, you take them into the HR office to do an investigation, just cancel the contract. I mean, that's what I would do. I will cancel the contract. Now, any organization in any state, for whatever reason they're in business, um, policies do apply for everybody that's in that building. Right. So, mm-hmm. for example, if there is an, an employee that's 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 doing her normal responsibilities, she goes to get a soda from the vending machine. The vending machine guy at 1099 is there filling those machines. He says something inappropriate to her. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to take that guy to HR. I'll just go ahead and connect to that person's boss. I'm like, I don't want that guy back in the office. All right. So, so, so recalibrate that then. Yeah. What if the guy is actually the governor? Oh, jeez. I went there. Oh, yeah, you're really oh. gonna go there, dude? Are you? Oh, I, I just. Oh. We keep I bringing him up. up like every week, we keep no, no, bringing no, 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 this no. guy up. I just. You keep bringing him up. Yeah. I didn't bring him up here. I'm in Orlando. I don't care what happens up there. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> He's the best real estate agent, you know. I'd go oh, to Indiana right now over staying in New York. You kidding me? Not that Indiana's, Indiana's beautiful. bad. Indiana's Indiana gorgeous. is beautiful, bro. You got no, Notre it's too Dame. Late. You killed that no, one. South Bend. I love the South Bend area. Beautiful area. Beautiful people. <laughs> love Indiana. What's that? No, but- what's that one city? It's Mishawaka or something like that. I forget the name of it. And then there was a there's a PBS station like right near there. In my previous life, I went there and helped them uh, rebuild the back end of the uh, technical infrastructure after they had a fire at the station. And I went out there a couple years later, and I was staying in the South Bend area. It's a beautiful area, one of the best areas, very big area. I love that area. That's all I got to say. Okay. Back to what he was saying, Jacqueline. Yeah, I it's uh, I would not um, I would not bring that person in, into the HR office. Now, if that person was uh, a, a W two employee, I mean, we we would do due diligence for an employee, um, especially. Uh, well, I'm I'm only going to talk about Florida, especially in Florida where um, we are a employment at will state. Um, we can 
I hate to say it like this, you can't be terminated for whatever reason that's not protected by law. Uh, not every state is that way. Um, so we would do that due diligence. Uh, now, a lot of people do ask, if you live in an at-will state, why do you have to go through all this process um, with the investigations, with just, term, you know, just terminate them? And my answer to that is this. Um, it, it's, you still should do the right thing. You still should give that person the opportunity to put a statement forward, especially if we get sued in that discovery phase and uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, statements are there. And if they wrote a statement about what they think they did or didn't do, they can't change their mind later on versus not being able to interview them or get a statement. They got months to come up with a heck of a story and now you're in trouble. And totally. attorney fees are not cheap. They're not cheap at all, right? And yeah. they'll look for any billable hour they can possibly put out there. So mm-hmm. so with that said, um, I know you said, Jacqueline, that people, uh, sometimes people are just not ready, right? But you have a client and this client said, I need you, I need you to get my team back in order. And you may have two or three executives in that team that they just don't want to change. I mean, how do you address that issue? Um, that's a really great question. I mean, you, I think get what's important to them, right? And it's not like I'm here trying to change people's minds. I'm here to help transform their business. <laughs> and so okay. what's important yeah. to them in terms of business? Imagine taking these steps to move forward, look at where you're going to be in six months, 12 months, two years versus not taking these steps. And, you know, if I can't force anybody to do anything and I release that from me. Right. And so I just take them along the transformation journey. Mm. It's not simple. I mean, sorry, it's not easy, but it's simple. I will explain that. So wait, you, you, you said it's not easy, but it is simple. Yeah. So taking those, making change is hard. Like we are hardwired. We're in a routine. We're doing our thing, blah, blah, blah. And so making, taking the transformation steps, they're always simple. Transforming is always simple. It's always laid out. You always can figure out what the next step is, but actually taking the step is the hard part. Speaking on uh, taking steps, what if uh, somebody doesn't know much about human design and, and, what kind of suggestions would you give someone if they're curious on on what it is, uh, you know, how their personality or their human design would uh, would show? Like, where where would somebody get started on on working their way down that road, whether it's professionally or personally? Yeah, that's a great question. So, JC. Yes, I know the answer. I know the answer. Okay. Step one: okay. you find Jacqueline Hepburn on Instagram and follow her. There's step one. There's step one. There, Am I? I'm is. not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. You gotta agree with You're me, Jacqueline. Wrong. I'm not wrong. You know. You're not wrong. Right. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I I talk a lot on Instagram about human design. Um, and I know people who also talk a lot about human design on Instagram and on websites. And so one of my favorites is where I'm enrolled in classes at. It's the BG Five Institute. It is human design in business language. If you're looking for non-business language. Then you can go to a myriad of websites, including Jovian Archive, and both those places are linked on my Instagram, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, I think so. It, it can start out pretty complicated. Don't let it be. There are people who will help you through it, and I truly believe everybody should have access to it. Um, some people try to charge a ton of money for it, and I just don't think that's right. I think everyone should be able to figure out at least, you know, those aspects of themselves to help improve their lives or 
get back to, you know, being an individual and, and being happy and joyful. That's what it's about. At the start of all this, you made mention of that. You said you are that happy soul. You said you keep the smile. You're bringing it forward. So when you run into despised personalities, personalities that really aren't so jovial, Ricky's actually got a graphic. If you want to get that pulled up, Rick, that that picture, there's allegedly nine of the most despised work personalities out there. Annoying work personality disorders that potentially kill productivity that, according to Workfront.com, they put out saying, if you look these over real quick, you have the loner, the I hate people guy. I want to go one by one on these and kind of get your feedback or your thoughts on this one. As you come down that page, Ricky, number one, the I hate people, the loner guy. What do you think about that classification of a human or the slacker, the overshare? What are your thoughts on those first three? Oh, gosh. I mean, so, okay, guys, I've been in ten, I've been in human design. Sorry, not human design, human resources for 10 years. And you don't stay happy and motivated and engaged <laughs> by truly engaging and letting those people affect you negatively, right? I mean, I have yep. to, like take all that off every day and come back to me. And so when it comes to each of those people, everyone's going through something different. Everyone's on a journey, their own journey. And so this, the, I think one of the most overused terms, but important if you can figure out what it means and then actually do it is empathy. Um, yep. And so just listening, learning, listening, not maybe too much, uh, but enough to maybe impact them if they're open to it and, Again, human connection, it'll improve people's lives. And I'm not saying that's the end all be all, but it definitely improves a lot of negativity and perhaps work stereotypes. But yes, all of those people exist. You guys have encountered all of them. It's one of those (laughs) things, though, that like when we talk about negativity and workfront.com here, putting this out, then most nine despised work personalities. I know it's a bit tongue in cheek talking about the slacker with his shoes off or the oversharer talking about how big the fish was, right? You keep coming down, the excessive emailer, the naysayer, it's never going to work. You can't do that. It ain't going to work. The butt kisser. We all know the butt kisser. Sure, boss. I'll have it on your desk yesterday. You know, you know these guys. Like, I mean. That's not the butt kisser. That's you doing your job. Well, I mean, come on. I don't don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Two more drafts and we can call it a final final. The black hole guy. Nothing ever comes up. Do you think he's uh, part of the frozen middle, Rick? You think he's part of that middle management core? I don't know. You know? <laughs> I mean, he definitely got the the body language for it. <laughs> then, you, then you got the he's number got eight. He's got the red here. pen. <laughs> Look at us. I mean, we're we're stereotyping and judging. This is not good. She's making her very <laughs> uncomfortable right now. All right, then number eight here. The I'm too sexy for this job guy. The tool. You know, working out is the second job. You know, Ricky, that's you. I know that's you all day. And then the contrarian. No, you're wrong. And they just throw it back and forth. The ping pong. These nine personality traits, these nine personality styles, when we think about uh, human design, when we think about projectors and, and, and reflectors, and where, how could we put, let's rephrase this, Jacqueline, how could you put a positive spin on these nine? A positive spin. A positive, oh, yes, gosh. on each one of them. How could you say something positive or make it, make it, Make it more happy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, you've been watching me on Instagram for a while. And so you know that I can do that. I know it's very you individual, can. right? It's like, okay, what is that person struggling with? How can they envision, you know, what, 
what do they want to envision for themselves? What's next for them? What would, what would be the ultimate, the, the end all be all for them? Like, what's their goal in life? And they get a picture of that. And then they're like, okay, what, who do I need to be today in order to get that? Is it the black hole? Is that who I need to be? They keep doing that. But most likely it's not, it's, it's not, it's not that. So it's like, okay, what's one, like one perspective shift What's one little shift away from that. And sometimes it's not about telling, it's not actually, it's never about telling people what to do. It's about modeling the way. And then about asking questions. Sometimes you give advice. Sometimes you don't, you just know when the time is right. Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. Um, I don't, from my point of view, I don't know if I will want to change any of these traits, right? Because right now, just thinking about this for the last 90 seconds, I can find something for each one, almost everyone to do. Forget the slacker, forget the, the, uh, the uh, black hole. But let's say, you, let's say you've got a big project, right? And you have a lot of tedious work that needs to be done in that project. Give it to the loner. He likes to be alone anyway. Hey, loner, here you go. If if the loner likes projects and to be left alone, give them that, right? If you want a marketing campaign, get the excessive emailer and the overshare on the uh, on the team, right? Here you go. Here's the marketing campaign. Get the stuff out there. The buck kisser, put them in sales. And the naysayer, put them to negotiate a contract. Boom, done. That way you use everybody's um, uh, tools that they're experts in for the best fit for your team. I mean, I can't figure out the black hole or the slacker or the tool. I don't know. Maybe get the tool out of there, too. But at least I got most of them out there. <laughs> but I mean, I guess I guess what I'm saying is you have to get to know your team. And instead of trying to change the skill set of your team, try figuring out what how can you use what their most uh, their strongest suit to best help your team and actually expose them to some areas that are their areas of opportunity so they can make that into strength. So Jacqueline, how would you approach that? Let's say you got into this team right here and you have exactly one of each one of these. What would your approach to them be? Oh my gosh. Well, I'd have individual conversations with them. And I don't know what it is, Ricky, but when you tell somebody about themselves or ask if it resonates, right? Say, you know what? None of, if none of this resonates, that's fine. But mm -hmm. pick up what resonates, put down what doesn't. And if you start having that conversation with them about their design, they get so intrigued and they're <laughs> automatically inspired. They're like, oh, yes, that's me. Yep. I, can, I can do that. And then they have some, like, like, oh, my part, like I have something to live for. Right. Um, and yeah, I think that your approach is great. You know, figuring out what their strengths are and using those. But everybody has an upward spiral. You know what I mean? Like yep. everybody has what's next for them. It's just a matter of do they choose to step into that every day or not. Let's, let's talk about the what's next and maybe not necessarily with you unless you want to share and or overshare a little bit here. But when we think about ourselves in the workplace, sometimes we need to think about ourselves not in the workplace. Sometimes we need to think about ourselves taking that magic leap, pinning the tail on the entrepreneurship and riding that horse into the sunset. If you're working with someone, and they're a say they're a trusted friend, say they're a new friend, say they're a Puerto Rican and they live in Florida, how would you encourage that individual or, or try to encourage them to push them over the edge of saying, yes, you can do more with your own business, with your own consultancy. Yes, quit the day job, do more. Like, how would you do that? What would you say to inspire? Incite. I believe in you, Ricky. Yeah, I believe in you. 
Yeah, Jacqueline, inspire me. <laughs> Go ahead, Holy JC. <laughs> well, don't laugh at her. She, I mean, what she does don't is listen. real, though. No. I'm laughing at you. That's what well, I'm laughing should. at. Don't yeah. listen to him, Jacqueline. I'll absorb it. I'll absorb it. You see? See? I'm absorbing it. I'm, I'm in the middle. <laughs> so you're a black hole. Got it. Okay. You absorbed it. Got it. All right. All he <laughs> see, needs is I'm, that red felt tip pen. <laughs> that's all he needs. Just be like. I'm yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. Um, okay. Nope. <laughs> I would ask you what I would do and I was, as I would ask you, because this is not about me. This is about me saying, yeah, you know how great you are. And of course, like pull out specific traits, right? But I'm not here to convince you of anything. I'm here to help you decide for yourself and use your unique decision-making strategy to decide for yourself. And so figuring out what your decision-making strategy is and then asking you, what do you need to do? Do you need to wait a little bit to make the decision? Do you know, and you're just afraid to take the leap? What steps would help you feel safer? And then figuring out what those steps are and determining your strategy based on your design. It sounds, again, really simple, and it is, but it's not easy. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, yeah, I doubt it's easy. <laughs> so wait, so I got one more question for you then. So we've asked you um, how you handle this with uh, business leaders, but, you know, just, just B2B, business to, to business. Um, we've touched a little bit about relationships. Have you ever had anybody come to you and say, hey, can you talk to my kid? And just see yeah. if you can figure out what my kid wants to do. Really? Oh. How did that go? Yeah. Um, you know what? I started with my kids. Okay. All <laughs> so right. I have three. And we aren't doing career coaching right now because they are too young for that. But it really allowed us to be better parents to them and figure out what their styles are. They're all very unique, very different. And, um, yeah, it, it truly impacted mm. my parenting. Because okay. we're all parented, or we parent, at least I, I'm parenting, the way that my parents parented me. Mm -hmm. And it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. So um, I did that, <laughs> and then my friends started coming to me to help with their kids. And, um, yeah, when you know the unique design of your children and can parent based off of that, then it really changes things. It changes your relationship with them. So parenting based off of Adam Sandler movies, maybe not the best idea. <laughs> try it <laughs> well i mean he's successful <laughs> i mean it might give you know it really might give kids the uh the motivation to go out and do their own skits uh, because i grew up on those adam sandler movies but let me tell you this is so do you see that as a big revenue stream for you and he, here's why i asked Jacqueline, because you know we grew up in an environment where college was pushed on us and we were told that at least me growing up all through school, that if I didn't go to college, that you're not going to get the life you want. I mean, obviously that turned out not to be true, not to say there's something wrong with college, but there isn't anything wrong with not going to college neither. Right. So it, it's, I just wish back then they were pushing more options based on what I liked or what other people liked. So I can definitely see you going down that road where you're helping parents help their kids or, Help parents guide their kids to the area that they'll be most successful, that they might enjoy more based on their genetic, well, I don't know if it's genetic makeup, but based on their background, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, is that something that you thought about before or no? Well, not really. And I've been doing it for the joy of it, right? Because it, yeah. it's really impactful for these young, these young lives. I remember being in that, 
that phase and, and looking to mentors and being like, what should I do with my life? And they, you know, they affirmed a couple of natural talents in me. And I was like, I'm going to go be a PR person. I'm a communicator. Um, obviously that turned out very differently, but you know, if, if I'm able to help be some sort of mentor and pull out the natural gifts in them, and that might set them in a direction that they didn't think of before. So yeah. just really for the, for the impact of it. Mm. Yep. I could definitely see that be a big, uh, it, it's a big need later on, especially with all the schools that are out there right now. So many different career paths that, that kids can take. And, you know, and here's the biggest mistake that parents make is that they set up their kids for what is hot now, not necessarily what's going to be hot in 10 years when they're going to be knee deep in that workforce. Right. So that's what, as a parent, what you would have to do, you would have to really Got kind of figure out where this country or finances of the country is going to figure out what's going to be hot later on. So yeah, I can see this going that route. <laughs> I can see you. it. <laughs> gotcha. Nice. I want to tie it all back to the um, a topic that Ricky, I know you hate, but I gotta I gotta bring it to the table. Technology and technology and human resources. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, especially right now when we talk about the advancements of artificial intelligence. And some of the things that they're doing on on further refinements in the HR tech space. And from a tech perspective, one of the things that is lacking that they are trying to do more of is capture more of the human element. Now, you both have been in the industry for quite some time. From your own personal perspective, starting with you, Jacqueline, how do you feel that you could maybe help invoke more change for inclusion of human elements? As artificial intelligence continues to grow, what would your advisements be to our dear listeners out in Silicon Valley today? I don't know if it's Silicon Valley. So I'm so impressed with HR technology. Huge nerd of it. Like I will, I will do demos all day. I mean, I you know had a stint in HR tech. I'm very passionate about it. I don't know if it's Silicon Valley that is doing it wrong. I think it's a lot of HR and recruiting leaders using it weird. And you know what I mean? Like the ATS, for example, the ATS is a black hole. The ATS can be used as a, as a program to hold like resumes and candidates and a place to source a database to source people. It, and using that as a way to bring people in, I mean, Oh gosh, so many hearts are broken over the ATSs. <laughs> like, how can yep. we make sure that we're adding on, you know, email cadences, automated messages? We're using nurture. There should be a requirement that you have to use a nurture campaign in an ATS in order to really use it well and like break people's hearts. <laughs> like, that's my Jacqueline. biggest thing with HR technology. Oh, Ex- expound upon that, if you could, though, please. Uh, the nurture campaign aspect. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, for anybody who's ever been in recruiting or who's applied to a job, you know that. So we're taught to put in our resume into this black hole and it's called an ATS. And what happens is, well, nothing usually. And what I think should happen is that there should be a yes or no. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's yes. I don't care if it's no. I just want to know. And yeah. that's what a lot of um, people get hung up on and that's what they get heartbroken over. And if you do that part, well, say that the nurture is the email that goes out to that person that says, Hey, we haven't gotten to you yet, but we're going to just hold tight. And that's at least information. And that keeps them involved and excited about your company. 
or hey, you have a great background. We just had a lot of applicants, especially right now, and it's a no for now. But you know, let's let's keep in t- contact for future opportunities. Like that says so much, and you didn't even have to write the email yourself because you had a nurture campaign. Well, those people, you do that well enough times, those people will continue to do, be an ambassador for your brand. Yep. Yeah. And that's the human element. Dude. <laughs> Jacqueline. Okay. So I'm working on a presentation right now, actually on a project right now that talks about exactly just that. So right now I got goosebumps, folks. I got goosebumps because you, you are touching something that's really near and dear to my heart. And Ew. because, dude, it, it right here. Right here, Juicy. Uh, right here. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just go away. You're good. So, yeah. No, Jacqueline. So here's the thing, right? Because too many organizations focus way too much on the marketing aspect of the job and they focus on the people who do get the job to a point. Right. But there isn't nearly as enough emphasis on the people who don't get the job and people are not paying attention to what those folks are saying. And you hit the nail right on their head. That's why I love you for that, because you said that these are going to be your brand ambassadors. And if you focus on them long enough, they're going to be a walking, talking billboard for you. Just think about it. Think about what that says about your organization. For everybody out there listening who owns a business, who leads a large organization and who really is in the market for talent. You really have to treat the people who don't get the job with the same white glove care as the people who do get the job. Because think about it for people don't. Yes, they care about whether they got it or they don't or they didn't get it, but they just want to know. And if you ghost them like the kids today are, 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 are talking about, that's the worst thing you can do, especially if you treat them like a number. So to nurture them from beginning to end and not only that, give them feedback. Yeah, but you could actually get quantifiable metrics through the process. As that email is going out to all the candidates that have been shot down, you you actually have the opportunity of maybe seeing what that score was, what the talents, the skills, the abilities were, who scored or rated highest, where XYZ. Yes, you may have applied to the mailroom, but we actually have a senior VP slot open that you'd be great for. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, But what if they don't want it? I want the mailroom. How do I qualify for the VP of ops and not the mailroom? Oh, you got yeah. five PhDs. I want to work in the mailroom. <laughs> That's what I want to do. So well, the computer recruiter- said you didn't fit. You didn't qualify. <laughs> Sorry about that. But I analyzed the yeah. data on the back end after it sent the emails out, and we refined that list, and we won't offer you six figures. You know what? Yeah, forget the mailroom then, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the case, right? right. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, be partly realistic here, you know? <laughs> no, but you you know what? That's not too far off, though. You got people who are overqualified for a position. They just want a job. They exactly. want to clock in and clock out. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And and some leaders need to hear that because some leaders, t- they, they go out there and they want to hire all rock stars. You can't have rock stars, right? Lincoln Park has behind the scenes professionals that make them Lincoln Park. It's not just the rock stars. There's other people behind the scene. JC, I'm a big fan of theirs. Dave, back me up. We've been to several concerts. Don't crap on Lincoln Park, dang it. So, <laughs> no, uh, but it's yeah. Just it, the, it, the whole mysterious murder thing going back a couple years there that's just bad thoughts it's fine go ahead different analogy keep moving it's good okay you i'm not sure where you were going with that uh, jc but ricky thank you, I you what do you mean where i was going hang on a second we're gonna pull the e-brake on that so didn't the singer of the band 
accidentally passed away like about a year or two ago, uh, right? Didn't are something really happen? Are going to go there? I mean, that's uh, what we're talking about, right? Uh, he committed suicide. He right. committed suicide. He committed suicide, yeah. So it was the Linkin Park thing. It just hit me weird. That was all because there was very bad vibes. You have very good vibes in this show. I love this show today. It's a very good show. Let's get back on positive vibes. Okay, vibe we're show. gonna do another U turn real quick. You brought up a really a really good point about uh, uh proper communication and, and timely communication. And I'll I'll give a for instance. Uh, about two and a half months ago I applied for a job uh with the huge corporation that I, I work for. I know mm-hmm. um it, it's probably uh now, people might not uh, realize that uh, I'm not just an intern. I do have a day job. <laughs> you got a day job? Yes, oh, I have man. a day job. You didn't disclose that, actually, that in the interview? Yeah, it pays my mortgage, unlike, unlike this internship. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Go on. So, uh, anyway, so I applied for a new position um, in this corporation that I currently work in, uh, work at. And that was two and a half months ago. And when you log on to check the status of the hiring, it still says reviewing applications. Mm. Okay, that's great if that was the case. Um, because I have been around a while, I you know leverage uh, communication and talk to people and mm. know for a fact that there were multiple interviews and one person was already hired for the two positions. And so it, it's disheartening that I don't want to, it makes me not want to apply for yeah. another position within that department of the corporation, because I just want, whether I got the job or didn't get the job or got an interview, um, I'm okay one way or the other, but it would have just been nice to know. And here I have been waiting for two months, um, you know, even though I got referred and the next step would have been, you know, uh, an interview. Yeah. I look at, with this tele, tele or not telecommunications, but the uh, um, you know the the portal that they have, and it just says mm-hmm. reviewing applications, and that's not the status that this hiring process is in. And so, like I said, it's disheartening. It is, you know, and 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 thank you for sharing that because that that what you just said right there happens all across the uh, the country, all across the country, and nine times out of ten, it could be that the recruiter just waited until the very last minute. To say this position, everybody, because we got these folks, right? Um, but just Dave, imagine for one second, right? If every week somebody was personally in touch with you to let you know, here's where we are. We are in this process. You're in the final four. You're in the final two. Or you know what, Dave? You know what? Thank you for interviewing. We really appreciate the time you took to prepare for this interview. Um, you didn't get the job. Now, I want to afford you the opportunity to have a conversation and talk about why you didn't get it. So hopefully you can work on those later on and come back when you work on those areas of opportunities or if we have another position that best fits those needs. And this is from an organization's perspective, which I can't stand when they say, we'll hold your resume for six months. Bullshit. Ricky, nobody does that. Why are you yelling? I'm not yelling. I'm passionate, JC. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, time for current events. This week brought to you in part by Jacqueline Hepburn. Stop by Instagram, lurk her out, follow her, be inspired. Your HR first... Talk Kazoos, we've got to do it. We've got to do the HR Talk Kazoos. We really should. Your first news article today, <laughs> and the way this works is uh, we're just going to review the article real quick and then get immediate feedback 
Starting with Jacqueline and working our way over to Ricky Baez. First up, offboarding, a checklist for safely closing the employees' digital doors. This is from securityintelligence.com, just released recently, uh, actually today. Three years after I left my former job, I got a official letter telling me that the organization suffered a data breach. My information was at risk of identity theft. I shouldn't have been surprised. That job's offboarding process hadn't been the best. Employee offboarding policy and process is usually handled. Adjusting alcohol-based sanitizer oh. can cause nausea or vomiting, but in children, ingesting even... <laughs> Thanks, Ricky. So, uh, digital profiles, offboarding, doing stuff like that. Over to you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, dude. <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay. Everybody, I do apologize. This is a new format. So I bring up the I bring up the page where his website is, and apparently it has sound. And I already had it automatically click. Go ahead, JC. You're good. Come on back. He went into his room. Appreciate it there very much, Rick. So before an employee goes through the final offboarding process <laughs> with HR, IT and security teams should begin the process of deleting the outgoing employee. From network access. Why deleting former employees' digital profile matters at the end of the day is just a good practice. According to the 2020 Insider Threat Report by Cybersecurity Insiders, 63% of respondents said those with privileged access pose the greatest risk to an organization. A single incident caused by an insider cost the company $750,000 in total, including investigation, response, and mediation, according to the Ponman Institute. So good offboarding could potentially help your organization overall. Create an employee offboarding process if you don't already have one. Set deadlines. Audit what users do. Deploy data management solutions that can easily silo employee data that must be retained. Delete employees' access before they even leave the building. Create a thorough list of digital devices that they have. Shut access off to any apps and personal devices, change passwords, and use a zero-trust model for the people that you used to trust. Over to you. Mm. I agree. Oh, my goodness. Go ahead, Go ahead Jacqueline. I, I agree. I mean, when, when I was in a larger organization, I had an IT person, I would cut access right then and there. So, I agree. But I think the approach has to be different, right? I don't know if I will call it a zero trust model. <laughs> hey, I trust you all the way until your last day. I wouldn't right? call it that ever. Yeah. 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 So that I would not want to call it. So I do agree because organizations need to protect their brand and what an employee might or might not do. But I don't know. I'm on the fence on that one. Um, yes, you do need it. You do need to have that checklist. I think there needs to be a little bit more handholding and more nurturing. That way it doesn't come across too brash, right? The whole nurturing piece comes from the time you you open up a requisition and until after they're gone, right? Because they're still going to talk about you. So from my perspective, yes, let's do that. A little bit more human contact to it. That way it's better. Your next story is coming to us from the New York Times. Arizona man is accused of faking his own kidnapping to evade work. Well, the police arrived. They found the man with his hands bound behind his back by a belt and a bandana stuffed in his mouth in Coolidge, Arizona. 
Authorities in Arizona accused a man of going to extreme lengths to get out of work this month, saying that he faked his own kidnapping, bound his own wrist, gagged his self, and invented a story of treasure hidden deep inside the desert. The man, Brandon Souls, was arrested late last week and charged with false reporting to law enforcement. Mr. Souls excused <laughs> from his job at a tire store. That was his intent all along. In the statement, the police said that Mr. Souls, 19 years old, mind you, admitted that during an interview with detectives that he had made up the kidnapping story, which ultimately did lead to his arrest for kidnapping. He was booked by the Coolidge Police Department and released with a court date. Mr. Souls did not respond to a message on Tuesday, and it was not clear whether or not he had a lawyer. Now, when the officers arrived and they found a man later identified as Mr. Souls with his hands bound behind his back and a belt and purple bandana stuffed in his mouth, air quotes, according to the police, (laughs) a photo from the cops showed the man with his hands tied while lying on the ground on his side. Now, at that time, Mr. Souls told the officers that after completing an errand that morning, he returned to his house where two masked men abducted him near his vehicle, struck him in the back of his head, and knocked him unconscious, according to the arrest report. The men, according to Mr. Souls, drove him around in the vehicle for a very, very long time before they left him in an area where he was found. He was taken to the hospital. He was evaluated, interviewed by the police. And according to the department, he told investigators that he was kidnapped because his father had a large sum of money hidden in the desert. After repeatedly confronting Mr. Souls with problems in his account, detectives concluded that his story was fabricated. Mr. Souls worked at a car shop, past tense, the tire factory, where he installed tires. And he drove around the area to pick up parts for the store. A manager for the store declined to comment on the arrest Tuesday, according to Mr. Soul's Facebook profile, because he no longer works there. Jacqueline, over to you. Is this guy okay? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> he was arrested for kidnapping know. himself, you know? I I'm mean, so concerned about him. I would I definitely, I would be like, what? I would call, probably call him and ask him if he's okay, if he needs anything. That's a really good well, idea. Look at that actually. picture. It looks real, though. It looks like, oh, I mean, I obviously, know. yeah, he's there, but it looks so real, though. All right. But- so so take an empathetic, <laughs> emotionally in tune approach to your employee that just kidnapped himself and is now on the front page of the paper. Jacqueline, what would you do? I'm interested in what his human design is. <laughs> <laughs> liar <laughs> oh my gosh i don't know i would be concerned about him honestly and yeah. i i may con- try to contact him and ask him but yeah depending on on a lot of things we may need to separate ways but i i would want to see reports and obviously confirm what's going on and make here's, sure everybody's sane here's a question for you even if you did separate with the employee on the backside of this ordeal would you still maybe bring resources from the employee assistance program to the table for him? Totally. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's what I was going to jump in with, although that is a terminable offense, obviously. And how bad 
Thus, your job has to be for you to lie and create something that elaborate, right? <laughs> and then knowing how social media is, he's he's famous now, right? So, but look, it, it's um, obviously um, this, especially if now because of that story, um, the my company is being dragged through the mud in the media. Yeah, we are going to separate employment, but the right thing to do, the humanistic thing to do, um, the humanitarian thing to do. Excuse me, I know, I know, leave me alone. The humanitarian. <laughs> The human thing to do would be to um, actually get some employee assistance program for the associate. Um, it, it, it just it sounds like he needs some help. Um, not everything is there. So I would venture into that conversation a little bit more, but definitely turn. But we would provide some uh, some EAP. Definitely. Your humanistically appreciated response is on the table. <laughs> Your last current event story here comes to us from CNBC.com. This one was written by Leslie Josephs. Delta, Delta Airlines, Delta has reduced managers' pay last year during the COVID-19 pandemic and cut thousands of workers by 25%. They did hand out bonuses, though, to managers who pay was cut during the pandemic time. Taking a look across the board, bonuses range from a few thousand dollars to upwards into the six figures. The bonuses came as Congress moves closer to passing a third round of airline payroll support. Delta received billions of dollars in federal aid last year. They're paying manager bonuses ranging all the way up to $100,000 from, from a few grand. Now, frontline workers like flight attendants, pilots, and other non-managerial positions are not receiving the bonuses. Delta CEO Ed Bastian did say in a note to employees on Monday that the payment bring those managers pay to 20 to 30 percent below year earlier levels from cuts that previously were around 50 percent he used many percentages while talking to the employees to confuse them the pilots union criticized the move which was first reported sunday by the view from the wing travel blog now while they're confident that delta will recover quickly once the country comes through the pandemic the payment of special bonuses to management while the airline is still burning cash is premature, according to Chris Riggins, spokesman for the Airline Pilots Association. On Friday, the House passed a $1.9 billion coronavirus relief package that includes a third round of federal payroll support for airlines. If the bill passes, the Senate, the U.S. airlines will get $14 billion in exchange for keeping workers paid until September 30th. Delta will then give their managers a $50,000 bonus. That last sentence I made up. I was going to say. This (laughs) time, (laughs) we'll start with Ricky. Ricky, over to you. At face value, that annoys the living crap out of me. You know, this organization gets billions of dollars. And you've got people who are frontline workers, right? You've got essential workers who are um, handling bags, uh, meeting with the public, putting themselves at risk. They don't get any bump in pay. But the middle managers, executives who are shielded from all that, they get that bump in pay. Now, I'm going to take off my human hat and I'm going to put on my business owner hat on real quick. I get it. I completely get it, right? Because... The reason you got those managers and executives in play um, in place is because they they are really good at what they do. If they're able to motivate people to move the needle from A to B by being influential, then definitely you want to pay them more money. You want to throw something their way. But the optics just aren't good, 
right? Because chances are those folks are doing okay. You know who isn't doing okay? The baggage handlers, the people working at the ticket counter, the people who really do need that money. So I'm going to take the CEO hat off now and, and, the, uh, and the finance hat off, and I'm going to put on my uh, human hat on. Give it to them. Give it to them. If you've got some good, some good uh, middle managers and executive leadership, um, I'm pretty sure that they they will forego that bonus to really stay there and be influential and take care of your employees because that's that's exactly what you should be doing as an organization. That's my piece, Jacqueline. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, you said it perfectly, Ricky. Why can't we change the percentages? <laughs> to yeah. even it out a little bit. And, um, I've been, you know, I've been that employee who, whose manager bonuses off of the hard work that I do and it doesn't feel right. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, if we can change the percentages <laughs> to, to benefit everybody, that would be ideal. Absolutely. They're the ones out of in the front lines, but yeah, anyway, yeah. Don't want to annoy me. Stories brought to you in part by Ricky's desire to go rogue one of these days. He'll he'll do it. He will leave his job one of these days. Deaf Florida Costco worker with mumbling manager will not get a $775,000 award by a jury, according to News Channel 8, WFLA.com. Out of Fort Lauderdale, a deaf former employee of a South Florida Costco store will not be collecting $775,000 a federal jury awarded her in a discrimination and wrongful termination case. The Supreme Court on Monday declined to reconsider a judge's decision to overturn the 2018 verdict in favor of Christine Donfrio. An appellate court also declined to reinstate her award. She had worked for Costco for 24 years. She never had issues communicating with managers until one arrived who mumbled. She requested an interpreter to have communications written down for her. Instead, Costco provided her with a video phone with online interpretation services. I'm sorry for snickering. You're trying to talk with your boss and you're not going to do it any other way. Okay, I got it, Costco. Understood. Yeah. All right. So she sent a letter to the company's CEO complaining about her treatment. Shortly after, she was suspended for a week, then terminated in October 2013 for being deaf according to the lawsuit and the team. Now, required by the ADA uh, is reasonable accommodation. She decided she wasn't terminated because of her disability and in retaliation for her complaints, rather. Jurors did award her $750,000 for mental anguish, $25,000 in punitive damages, according to newspaper reports at the time. Her lawyers... Her lawyers continued to appeal once the verdict found that no reasonable jury could have found in favor of the plaintiff. After appeal and appeal and appeal, it was determined that she would not be getting the award. Her lawyer, William J. Butler in Miami Beach, said he had no insight into the Supreme Court's decision. Over to you. So... Let me jump in here real quick. It's look at this part right here that I'm highlighting. After Costco gave her the video phone with online interpretation services, they wrote her up for yelling too loudly into the phone. They wrote her up for that, knowing the condition, knowing what she's going through, 
they said, I mean, yeah, a piece of paper and pen. Here you go. No, we're going to give you a a video phone with uh, with um, interpreted services. But here's the thing. It is 2021. And we're still here. We still can't deal with these things. We still can't understand how the Americans with Disabilities Act worked from an organization perspective, from a business perspective, from a human perspective, right? Why can't people just understand that the best way to handle these issues is to sit down, have some kind of dialogue, whether it's written, video, whatever the case may be, to figure out what's best for the associate. It's not that hard to do. In Florida. You don't have those problems in Indiana. I'm just saying. I mean... (laughs) I'm just saying, I mean, that's in Florida. I'm pretty sure that happens anywhere else. It just happens to be a Florida story. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, mean- Jacqueline, how often do uh, people working at Costco or Walmart uh, discriminate against their deaf employees in Indiana? Probably every week, right? Yeah, just like Florida? <laughs> no idea. No <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> Crazy, yeah, right? So, so, Jacqueline, from an HR... Pro- Wait a minute. Stop. Stop. Hold up. Stop. No, 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 no. No. Jacqueline, from an HR perspective, <laughs> no, no, we're talking about this. So, from an HR point of view, does that piss you off? I mean, honestly, tell me, or is it just me? Because it, it's, yeah. it's which part? Like, you had one job. Can you, how can you not get this right? I mean. So I don't know if that's a rogue manager, or I don't know sure. if the training is set up to par. I'm going to say it was. Yeah, right. It it has to be. Costco is a great organization. They do pay their employees pretty good. Exactly. Right? So you have to believe that they have a good training process, and that manager is not going to be in trouble. It just, it baffles me every time I see a story like that. Story! Your last story of the day. This is coming to us today from the OrlandoSentinel.com. Your last Florida man story. Lack of hand washing leads to a fist fight at Little Caesars Pizza in Florida. Little Caesars uh, Pizza, there was a customer and an employee, a mother, an employee's mother. The employee's mother and the customer were both charged after getting into a fist fight Saturday at a Vero Beach location of Little Caesars. The customer, Kathmia, 42 years old of Vero Beach, was upset because employees would not give her a refund, the Indian River County Sheriff's Office reported. Now, the customers simply wanted their money back because she said the workers didn't wash their hands or wear gloves. The lack of hand washing was a major, major issue. The mother of the employee had showed up to the Little Caesars around 10 p.m. to pick up her child. After confrontation between the employee and the customer, the mother got involved. And then there was an altercation between the customer and the mother. It turned physical. Employees called 911 and the sheriff's office said both women face charges of a fray or fighting in a public place that disturbs the peace. If you don't like the way a restaurant is run, rant about it on Facebook and take your business elsewhere. The sheriff's office posted on its Facebook page. Just don't take it out on its employees, <laughs> even though they may have dirty hands making your food. Awesome. 
The incident took place at 755th, 27th Avenue, Southwest in Vero Beach, according to the report. The uh, lady told deputies that she'd come to the restaurant two weeks earlier to order food, but was asked for her money back when she saw employees not washing their hands, not wearing protective gloves. However, employees told her a refund would take three to five business days because she used used the bank card. Wow. So there was a lot of cursing. There was fighting. There was uh, the mother involved. A lot of people got arrested and, and went to the sheriff's office. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the entire thing uh, de-escalated. Um, it, it escalated. It de-escalated. Cops got involved. There was a whole breakup. There was a, it's, a, it's a true Florida woman story, this go-around. <laughs> Little Caesars, fist fight for not washing their hands. Jacqueline, over to you. We need better de-escalation training. <laughs> right? You know? I mean, Thank like, you. at least give them the $5 back. Wait two That could have been avoided. That yeah. could have been avoided. <laughs> but so here's what I heard. Customer wants money back because the the uh, restaurant didn't wash their hands. Now they got beat up by those same dirty hands. I mean, that's that's that that's what I heard. <laughs> now you got those hands in your face. No, but Jacqueline, from if you was the HR manager of that region, right? What would your conversation with the manager look like? What the heck was going on? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, nobody washing their hands. <laughs> well, yeah, I, w- I would definitely make sure that all those, all of those eyes are dotted and T's are crossed. But it's like, okay, customer service again. This could have been avoided. I agree that if she's mad, then we should, you know, figure that out differently. No fists need to be flung. But also, what's going on with this person? Like, we don't know what her state of mind is. We don't know yeah. what else is going on there. So. Yeah, is there some kind of other situation that needs to be? So, so, so this is a great example of of pitfalls that HR people fall in because they a fight, something big happens from a small interaction, and HR focuses on the big issue, the fight. So HR focuses on that fight, and they forget about the reason that fight happened. Wait a minute, did you really wash that? Because that 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 would be my question. Did you really wash your hands though? Because if you didn't, we have a process for that, right? So you still have to go back and not forget of the reason the argument started in the first place and take that as an opportunity to re-educate people. But step two, right? I mean, you're talking about the hands. I can't even get over the fact that you won't give her $5 out of the register. I've been to Little Caesars. (laughs) All it costs is $5. You get two pizzas. (laughs) They've been on the rack for like 20 minutes, right? Allegedly. No, those pizzas have been in there for like two hours. Right. Okay, for don't two, even. Don't even that's why they're doing five bucks. Okay, <laughs> and you swipe your card. Just give her the cash. Just give her the cash. Yeah, let it go. True. I agree. Uh, I don't know. I agree. My hey. question. My my question is because it got physical. Did they then make? Uh, did they they make her wait uh, eight to ten business days to get that money back from well, the three to five originally? It was. <laughs> so for five bucks, you made the news. Good job, Little Caesars. <laughs> that was it. Hey, so. we are at All that right. time in the show. It's uh, time to go around the room with some final thoughts. I'd like to first tip it over to Ricky and then Jacqueline, please. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, look, um, regardless who you are in an organization, you're still a human being and you're leading human beings. Get to know who they are. Get to know their mannerisms. Don't try to change their core. Don't try to change who they are. Learn who they are and then see where where they place in your team, even if you have to put those pieces together. Wow, you've done this a couple of times, Ricky. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah, times. I mean, so, 
all, for all all people, whether they lead a team or not, self leadership is what will get you and your team um, into bigger and better, or whatever your vision is. So, yeah, find what in, inspires you about a person and, and tell it to them. It'll make their day, and it may just make your entire team's year. Final thoughts over here today, Jacqueline. I can't thank you enough for accepting the invitation mm-hmm. to come on. It it has been a, a wild ride today. We're all over the spectrum. Uh, really looking forward to actually having you back sometime to go a little bit further into uh, you, your yeah. history, and where you're headed, too. I mean, just one real quick question in closing during my final thoughts time. I normally don't do this. Where where are you headed? What's next for you? I'm pioneering, remember? That's right. The new frontier. I don't. Yeah, I can't disclose everything. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we are going to be making work better. That's That's the end of it. I mean, we just, there's no other way. That's the right way to do it. And uh, if we could, please, what are some of the best ways people could find you? Yeah. So I'm Jacqueline Martinez on LinkedIn, Jacqueline.Hepburn on Instagram, and probably somewhere in their show notes. Oh, look, you found me. Yep. Yep. Can I, can I see, do you have a professional photographer following you around? (laughs) I mean, these look like they were taken at a studio. Oh, thank you. No, I don't. No, you, you, you should sell these for like, like for like <laughs> presentations, like just back art. <laughs> That'll work. So yeah, so <laughs> that's art. how they can find you, right? So this is these are your can, new clip arts. <laughs> that's right. I'm gonna use them. Thank you very much. All right. So how else can they get a hold of you? On LinkedIn at Jacqueline Martinez. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Awesome. And All Ricky right. Bias, best ways people can find us, please. We are everywhere. HR Talk, social media, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. And also, you can download us on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Give us a like. Give us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. On behalf of our new intern day, Ricky Bias, my spiritual advisor, Randy, and amazing Jacqueline. Thank you all for joining us today. Drive safe. Have a good night. I'm hungry.